This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome into another edition of Bragging Rights. I think, I didn't do the math, I think this is the last official week Without a game that we'll be previewing, we have week zero fast approaching, but there's a lot to talk about still before we get into the meat of what's going to happen, X's and O's, each week. From the uh, At the very top, really quick, let me go ahead and put the plugs in. If you're not subscribed, go ahead and do that. We're going to go to two episodes a week, starting when the season starts. Uh, we're also going to have a bunch of social media content as well, so at Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and... Newly minted, I'll have this in the show notes below. TikTok. We are going to start putting out TikTok content. Videos is what the social media world wants. Guess what? I used to be a video editor. I can handle that. I'm much better at videos than I am at graphics. So we can handle a TikTok video or two. Uh, before we get into our big old episode of predictions for what's going to happen this season, I need to introduce my co-host. My name is Madison. I'm joined as always by my brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. I, uh, you know, I sat down today to start prepping for this, and uh, let me just say I'm I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, this 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 show last year, this time last year, did not go so well as far as me being correct on my predictions. In fact. I was very wrong in a lot of uh, areas. So I was writing this out, very nervous, have a lot of scribbles on the on the notepad and a lot of scratches off, you know, just just going through multiple teams and then cancel it. It's just been hectic. So um, excited to dive in. I mean, it, we're kind of in that that, you know, with it being a, a week and a half away from week zero, we're kind of in that weird lull where it's like, oh, it's so close yet so far away. And it's really it's just in this weird twilight zone type of a feel. So. I'm really excited for next week when we can dive into, you know, the games. I know there's only going to be a few, but we can dive into the games, kind of get back in that normal routine. Really looking forward to that. But um, let's get this one over with and see. Hopefully I can do a little bit better on my predictions this year and not have DJ Uyunglele as my Heisman Trophy. (laughs) Do you remember your predictions? I know I had Oklahoma winning it all, and I had Spencer Rattler lifting the trophy. I'm pretty sure I had Clemson winning it all and DJ Uyunglele. Maybe I did have. I thought I had Spencer because but, if if but, Georgia if, okay. they, if Clemson had beaten Georgia, they would have easily been able to lose one and be fine. And they had just such an easy schedule after that for the most part. Obviously, you couldn't right. foresee Pitt being as good as they were, but you know, with a solid defense, even if they slipped up a couple times, you know, and played poorly, they could still probably win. So that was my reasoning. And then you never know when you let a team like that in, you just never know what they might pull off. So, but I was wrong and well, way wrong. Well, that might be, you know, some foreboding into our predictions because, you know, yes, Clemson skids game one and everybody wrote them off and then they didn't look great and DJ definitely struggled. But, you know, you go from, wow, Clemson had a really down year to, well, they're probably going to be in the mix of it again this year. So and did they really have a down year? No, it's just that the national media stopped paying attention to them, which, you know, if you're a Clemson booster, Clemson faithful, you might go, holy crap, if you know, we're never going to get the benefit of the doubt like a Notre Dame, a Michigan, a USC who can have some really down years and we're still going to have a bunch of buzz and uh, hype and attention drawn towards us. Clemson's got to keep winning these things if they want to stay relevant in the college football landscape, which we saw last year 
play out because like I said, what did they have 10 wins Pierce nine or 10? Yeah, they got to 10 and, and they had some streak going. So it was a big deal that they got to 10, but it, it took the bowl yeah. game to get to 10. Right. But still, you know, they just totally were written off and said they were having a down year. And most teams would kill to have a 10 win season. Ole Miss had their first one last year ever. So, you know, hey, it is what it is. But uh, I do, i given away my predictions a little bit, I do think Clemson's back in the fold. Um, so just really quick for everybody at home listening, we did kind of just went through, we did a preview of every single conference. We didn't select who we thought was going to be in the conference championships or who would win it all in those conferences. We didn't make any predictions for playoffs, nor the national championship or Heisman or anything like that. We talked about all those things. You can probably go back and put the pieces together, um, but we haven't made official predictions yet. We also had a couple, I had a couple of, uh, you know, miscellaneous questions, if you will. I don't know why. Yes. The boys are who play the game. You know, the, the 18 year old kids, the the 21 year old uh, young men out there, it kind of always is brought back to the coaches. So we're going to talk about coaches who we think is going to do the best. I know Pierce was an overachiever and I said, Hey, let's, let's talk about these categories and then here's some miscellaneous questions. And he went ahead and he made one for every single conference. So I don't have all of that, but uh, he's going to take it and run a little bit more than I, than I have prepared for, which is great because uh, I did this in all transparency in five minutes while I was walking my dog right before we started to record. So uh, who knows if I'm going to be able to string together a coherent thought. We're going to rely heavily on Pierce's predictions. Plus, I think, and we've been doing this, what, three years now, four, near, four years now, and you've uh, you've outshined me in all of the predictions and uh, our pick uh, So I don't know. Hey. I, I remember distinctly, uh, I think it was two years ago, it might have been that COVID year, you absolutely just walked the dog on me or with me on the bowl pick I remember that. I was awful and you did really well so i i bet you and and somewhere on this ridiculously outdated old macbook i've got from you know college days which is now 12 years ago i'm uh i'm, I'm showing my age but Ooh, dated yourself. i know i did but somewhere on here i think i have at least the last couple of years pick them results i i do write those down so um uh, you know i'll have to document that a little better this year but i'll look at the excel spreadsheet because i think you've done better than than you uh than you're putting on well one more th- piece of housekeeping, then we'll jump right into it. Um, I talked about it a little bit, I think, a few episodes ago. I've been teasing it. I went ahead and I signed up for a pick'em pool, so I will have that linked in the show notes as well, and I'll blast that across social media if you're interested. You know, you feel free to d- DM me directly. Um, but we're gonna have a bowl pick'em, not bowl pick'em, a season-long pick'em for bragging rights. So uh, would love everybody to jump in on that. We'll see how you guys do against us, and that way we have Pierce a little bit more of a, uh, you know actual record of what we do really get down to the the heart of bragging rights that way we know who who is uh who comes out victorious so that'll be in the show notes as well as the social media that i uh, referenced earlier let's jump in pierce let's talk about these conference championship predictions so you know you got every single conference except for the big 12 because they suck uh you've got every single conference they have divisions so we're gonna have the winner of each division as well as who we think is going to come on top come out on top and then you can uh, take it away with your miscellaneous questions we'll go in order of who we previewed we'll start out west with the pack 12 i've got oregon out of the north yes they do have a first year head coach um but i don't think 
that it's enough to take a step back considering the level of talent they already have and what Mario Cristobal did for them before they left. I am interested to see Pierce in what it looks like for a very defensive minded coach. You know that Dan's going to come in there and absolutely, you know, have his thumbprint on everything that defense does. I'm not super up to speed on what they did offensively for a coordinator. This is a conference that is known for high flying offenses. The big joke is they don't play defense out West. And you can say the same for the big 12 too, um, which is why I think a higher like Lincoln rally might make a little bit more of an immediate splash. That being said, I just don't see anybody from the North being competitive to an Oregon yet. Um, I think that there's a lot of teams that have some work to do and some teams that probably need to ditch their head coaches in order to get to work. Um, I think that, like I said, I'm interested to see how this defensive minded coach and the ski, you know, you know, it's going to be, like I said, heavy on that. Are they able to slow down these offenses or are they going to be uh, outpaced? I just think that between Dan Lanning having been there, knowing how to win, and the fact that they have all that talent is going to bode really well for them. That being said, I think that they lose in the conference championship to Utah, who is who I have coming out of the South. I USC is going to be a presence. Lincoln Riley comes in. He makes a big splash in the transfer portal, brings Caleb Williams, obviously, like immediately on the PJ from uh, Oklahoma with him. So... I think that that it's going to be a more interesting and competitive conference than we've seen in the past. That being said, I just think you got more on your roster. You got to do a little bit more work out there uh, with Lincoln Riley. So I do have Utah. They they have the hot hand. They have the streak um, in the South, and I'm damn sure not going to touch Herm Edwards and the Arizona State Sun Devils with a ten foot pole or or any of those other Southern teams. Um, it would be fun if UCLA is more competitive, especially to you know see as they go down the path of both USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten here soon. But I give it one more year for Lincoln Rally and USC. They're getting a lot of hype that I don't think is warranted per se. I mean, they were really bad last year, and they have been for a while, so uh, not quite up on the Trojan horse yet. So I've got Utah and Oregon in the conference championship. I do have Utah winning it. Um, like I said, I think the hot hand, I think a new coach – versus something that's already been rolling is uh, is the, the the move here for the Pac-12. What do you have? What are your thoughts on what's going on out West? Do you agree with me or are you like, nah, you're trash and I'm going totally different picks? You know, I really want to take USC now and I knew this is how this would go because I am relatively chalky in, in most conferences as well. Um, so, and, and, and could I see a world where USC ends up taking the throne from Utah, and, uh, which is what I see. I see Utah getting there. Sure. Um, I, I don't see that this year. And I think the big reason is, I, I you know, you look at what Utah does well, um, and that is pretty consistent football. They play good defense and good, good offense. They've got a great quarterback. I think USC will be able to put up points this year. I don't know if their defensive side of the ball is, is up to snuff. Not just, and you hit on it. Not necessarily saying that they're going to be some world beater, but where they have dudes, you know, they may not be that physical force that a Georgia or an Alabama or a Clemson or, you know, some of these other schools are, uh, but you know, or like a Michigan last year for the most part where they just, they, they, you know what they're going to do and they're just going to you know punch you in the face. And, uh, and that, and that's not something that I don't think USC will be, will do, um, especially under Lincoln Riley, but they will get an influx of new and five stars galore throughout that defense. And I think that's when you'll see this team really flourish. Um, certainly can Caleb Williams carry them with Jordan Addison and company? Sure. I just think they're missing a few pieces. Plus the biggest reason I'm picking Utah to come out of that North side is Utah gets USC at home. 
and USC. You mean the south side? Okay, the south side. Sorry. Yeah, I'll get the north and the south mixed up a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at what Utah does well, and, and it kind of negates a lot of what USC does well, and then you put them at home, which is a notoriously tough place to play. It just doesn't bode well for USC. I could see that being one of those games where they go in there and they kind of get beat up, and it's a frustrating game. And you're looking around going, well, what's, what's – yeah, man, Lincoln Riley's got an uphill battle here. And then they'll go out the rest of the season and have a pretty solid rest of the season. But I have a feeling that one will get ugly. And then on the other side, I am with you. I am going Oregon. Uh, you know, I flirted with um, maybe a sleeper here. But at the end of the day, Oregon does have talent. I think Dan Landing, what he is going to do is actually bring that toughness to this defensive side of things. And really, you know, what, what a lot of these Pac-12 schools have trouble with is – when they face teams like I hit on Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, you know, heck, you could look at AM, you know, a lot of these Southeastern schools, Big Ten has it too, where the defenses just punch you in the face. They just, they just hit you and hit you and hit you and they keep coming. Man, when they get punched in the face, they usually just kind of lay down. I think Dan Lanning is going to, is going to really get this defense and this team in general to be very physical and to play with, a, with more of a style like, you know, from where he came from. Um, and, and don't sleep, man. I know I don't know if he's been named the full-time starter yet, so that is one thing to keep an eye on. But um, regardless, I think Bo Nix is going to have a stellar year. And, and you know, it's funny. We look at the last three years at Auburn. He was always kind of – you always heard some buzz about him preseason of, of potential Heisman candidate. He's going to take that next step. He's going to throw for 3,000-plus yards. He's going to run for, you know, 700 more. Um, lead Auburn to a good season. Could be in the Heisman race. And now, just because he went to Oregon, which should be a better fit, Nobody's talking about him, and it's it's really weird. So don't sleep on Bo Nix. I think he'll do a lot of really good things this year, um, and and really you know keep this team at the at the top of their side of things in the Pac-12. And and I, you know, don't be surprised if the second to last game of the season for Utah they go to Eugene and lose that game to Oregon, and then get Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. That's what I'm going with. I think they do trip up in Eugene and Utah gets payback in the Pac-12 championship in a rematch just two, three weeks later. Okay, well, there you go. We both have Utah and Oregon in the conference championship out west. Now, I'm going to ask these questions. Let me know if you didn't answer them for the Pac-12. Most likely to perform better than expectations. Man, it's tough. I, I, I've kind of circled two that seemed that, to me that they could stand out this year. And I'm not saying, you know, some of these teams that I throw out there for any conference, let me put this caveat out there. I'm not saying they're going to win 10, 11 games, but better than expected. And I think two teams that you're looking at that might pop, I think UCLA has a great chance. Um, obviously, bringing DTR back. Um, you know, Chip Kelly, his, what, sixth year, fifth, sixth year now. You know, you saw they, they brought Charbonnet back, the star running back. You know, you look at what they did last year, and, and I think they had a pretty good identity of running the football. Um, it was just inconsistent play on defense and, and a little bit of inconsistent quarterback play. I know it's crazy to say, well, you've seen this go on for four years now. What's going to change? But I, I do think this team will come out, and especially with what I look at as, you know, a pretty down Pac-12 year. You know, I mean, heck, when we're picking Utah to win uh, pretty unanimously, that's that, 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 in my opinion, says that the Pac-12 is down. Transition year for Oregon with a new coach. Same with USC. Really, this is UCLA's best chance. If it doesn't happen this year, I think you might need to cut bait with Kelly um, and go. But I think with some of that leadership and especially bringing back Charbonnet, I think they could be looking at a 9-10 win season if things bounce their way and they still healthy, stay healthy. I also think Washington State is an interesting one. Um, 
they do bring in a new coach as well. Remember they had that fiasco, uh, was it last year with the whole COVID vaccination thing? We won't get into that with their head coach. And, you know, he got fired as a result, which is kind of funny because now, you know, the CDC came out and said they're not going to really make people or don't want people necessarily that it's your choice. So it's weird, weirdness going up there, but I think they got this, they got this coach from incarnate word. He brought over his quarterback. Um, and, and I really like what they, they do. You know, they had a good year last year and they didn't lose all that many people. Yes. I know they lost to Laura, the quarterback to Arizona, but I think this team could really trip some people up. I mean, they, they had a good thing going, um, you know, the last couple of years. And then that coaching change really, really messed them up mid season. So, I think you could be looking at a six-seven win, maybe even eight-win season. They do have a tough schedule. They go to to Wisconsin week two, um, and they do have to play USC and I believe Oregon. I, I think they miss Utah, so tough schedule. But I think you could be looking at a couple upsets here for Washington State if uh, if this quarterback and coach, you know, bring what they did from Incarnate Word. Okay, um, let's talk about the flip side of that. Who's most likely to perform worse than expectations? And I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. I don't necessarily know what their expectations are, but I think USC, I think people think that Lincoln Riley has come in and he has made this team an overnight success. He got a turnkey program at Oklahoma Pierce. Like, I don't think he's a bad coach. And I think he's a, he's, I think he's a stellar coach and I think he's a great offensive mind and he definitely knows how to play the transfer portal. And he's got all these kinds of advantages now being in Los Angeles, but Lord have mercy. We're thinking that all of a sudden they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, that's a good one. And I like what you did there because they they, they do. They kind of have a high – I think they have a higher ceiling, but they have a low floor. Um, so while, you know, certainly I, I was kind of looking at it from who, who – you know, like I know they're not expected to do well, but Colorado looking at it from I think they've got an over-under over, over under win total of two and a half. I don't know if they get even – I don't even know if they get two wins. So I was kind of looking at it from that angle, but I like the angle you okay. took. Um, you know – I'm kind of thinking. I'm kind of thinking it, it could be UCLA as well. Um, you know, it's one of those things where if you can't have them performing better than and worse than, well, they have a high ceiling and a low floor. Same thing. <laughs> All right, how about this? I could see Arizona State losing, winning three okay. games, three games. Okay, um, that has the chance to be an absolute dumpster fire. It's lining up that way. You know, there are a few programs around the country right now that kind of have that feel. If this thing starts out poorly. You're looking at a really, really bad situation there in Tempe um, with Herm Edwards already, you know, firmly on the hot seat. They lost Jaden Daniels going to he transferred to LSU um, this offseason. I, I think you're looking at it. You haven't heard any buzz come out of there. What have we heard with Herm Edwards the last few offseasons since he got the job there in Tempe? It's been buzz. They've, been, they've had good videos, you know, coverage of, you know, uniform reveals and practices and things like that. And you haven't heard a darn thing. He's gotten in trouble for recruiting violations during the COVID year. He's, he hasn't performed as well. You got, you know, and, and I think one of the most telling things was was uh, was when Jaden Daniels did decide to transfer. And he had that, the locker room laughing at his locker with all this stuff in there. It doesn't seem like the guys are bought in on, on one another. And it seems like there might be some dissension there. This has a chance to go really bad, really quick. So uh, I'm going to pick Arizona State as my... Um, my dumpster fire this year. Now, do you have the stuff about the coaches or did you keep that national? I kept the coaches national, but I will okay. say not to take yours. My top was Herm Edwards. 
the your, coach that I think top, will be fired the first. First coach to be fired in the 2022 season. Okay, that's not mine. Okay, but I know what I yours like is. I know what your, yours is. But yeah, like I said, I just think this is uh, this has dumpster fire written all over it. There are certainly a couple others, but you know, and certainly they could be fired. I could see them being fired. I just don't see them getting as hot as quickly that as Arizona State can. Yep. I agree with you. I do think Herm Edwards was on my short list of, of coaches. Now, I mean, obviously this, this coach is the one who we predict this for is going to get fired in the middle of the season. Cause that's typically when it starts falling by, you know, mid October, you've had a really pitiful start. Um, or at the very latest, you know, around Thanksgiving, right before your rivalry game. Um, so I think Herm Edwards is a, is a fantastic prediction for that. Um, so We'll see. We'll see. Like I said, that was on my short list, but I, I went a little bit more ballsy, a little bit more on the national spotlight as well, if that hints at uh, hints at where I'm going with my first coach fired in 2022. Let's move a little bit further over to the East Pierce. Let's talk Big 12. Now, this, of course, like I said at the top, is the conference. that It's just the two best teams. There's no divisions here. There is no you know north, south, east, west, whatever. Baylor Bears were the reigning champs last year. I'm going to go Baylor in the championship again. I think Dave Aranda's got a lot of uh, talent returning. I think that this conference is a conference that's really in flux. Oklahoma State, who was you know just there, almost won this game and would have been the playoffs last year, has a, they just have a lot of turnover, and I don't necessarily think that they are going to bounce back to have a super successful season. I think Texas is um, the other team I'm going to go with. I, I really bounce back and forth between Texas and Oklahoma, Pierce. I'm not going to lie. I, I marked Oklahoma out a couple of times before I ultimately landed on Texas because of the fact that I think there's a little bit of a step back with Brent Venables. Like I said, this is a turnkey program. He's probably the, the first-year head coach who's inheriting the most amount of luck and fortune here. With this program, I just think Steve Sarkeesian is sitting on a landmine of gold a little bit, and I think this could be the year that it it breaks and, and you are able to finally say, okay, Texas is back. Would I go ahead and if I had a coach's poll vote, wrote them as number one in the nation? No. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. That being said, I do think Texas makes it to the conference championship. I think that they're able to – I think that they kind of have a little bit of, of – they're seeing red a little bit too. You know, they've been the laughing stock of the country for a while. Um, and, and you know, I just think that it's, you know, their time to shine with Oklahoma, their counterpart, counterpart I should say, in the conference taking a little bit of a step back with a little bit of a transition. And that being said, didn't Lincoln make it in the playoffs in his first year? So I could look very stupid and very wrong here. I think it's a little bit of a different situation with what they had to go do in the offseason. I do have Baylor winning it all again. This is a conference, Pierce. The Big 12 is a conference that they're going to cannibalize the hell out of each other. I don't see anyone that I can point to that I'm like, this is a playoff contender. Every other conference I can point to and go, maybe or definitely. Um, and I don't feel that way about the Big 12. That being said, if Texas makes it and win, they might as well be, you know, you you they've punched a ticket for sure, uh, partially because of the, you know, the lean of uh, the, the media when it comes to Texas. I'm going Baylor Bears to repeat. What about you? This conference, you know, like the back of your hand. Uh, what do you think about uh, the Big 12 and the conference championship predictions? Well, if there's one thing that I've learned, it's that both both uh, attendees for the Big 12 championship, it doesn't work out where they're both chalk. Um, and what do I have? Straight chalk. Uh, I've got the Red River rivalry going in the Big 12 championship. I know rivalry. I kind of butchered that. I got a little blah, blah, blah <laughs> going. Uh, but, you know... I just don't see another team that has enough. And maybe I'm being a, a bit of a pansy because I am, I'm looking at things going, 
it's it's more of gosh, I just can't trust saying, oh, Baylor's going to get in again or Kansas State. I was really close to picking Kansas State um, because I do think there are question marks on 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 both Texas and Oklahoma. I'm going with Oklahoma first and foremost because I like uh, I like what they have bringing over Jeff Lebby, obviously. And remind me his name. I just went blank on it. The kid from UCF, the quarterback. Um, Oh, Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel, thank you. Dylan Gabriel coming over. Jeff Levy runs a system that is going to be very quarterback friendly. Um, I would say Gabriel's pretty used to that in the UCF offense, and he he ran it well. I think you're going to and and in this conference, you're not going to get very consistent uh, uh, defensive play. It's 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 all going to be wide open and spread out, and that just lends itself to what what Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy like to do. So even though they did lose a lot, um, this team is set up a little bit more to just replenish as opposed to uh, having to go rebuild. Um, so I do think they get there. I think they sneak in, and I think Texas gets there um, as well. And I think Texas gets the Big 12 title, which I will say, now that I'm thinking about it, probably screws up who I pick to make the playoffs. Uh, because I think if you get Ooh. a brand like Texas that gets in, I think that pushes out another team from another conference. Um, that being said, I, I, you know, even though Texas has holes and I hate banking on a quarterback that we haven't seen anything of with Quinn Ewers, you got to think his, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna be at least capable of, of, you know, putting up numbers in this system. He was the number one quarterback in the country for a reason. It was unanimous, um, from all accounts in Ohio state. Yes, he was young, but he was looking good. Uh, and so I think Texas might have him something here. The offensive line certainly scares me, but everywhere else, skill position-wise, is solid. So give me Texas in a rematch of the Red River, River rivalry, and it may be, it may be similar to the Oregon Utah pick. Oklahoma might get Texas earlier in the season, in the regular season, and then Texas comes back and gets OU in the rematch. So um, I like those two, but man, I'll tell you, and I'm going to jump the gun here. I know you were going to ask me who my surprise pick is. I was very close to doing Kansas. Go State. ahead. Very close to Kansas okay. State. Was that really, your most likely to perform better than expectations? You know, and it's funny because they seem to be a sexy pick to 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 sneak up on people and be a surprise team. So maybe by the letter of that that question, I'm not answering it appropriately. But I do like this Kansas State team, and could I see them getting into this Big Twelve championship? Yes. I mean, you look at it. Baylor's sneaking in every now and then. You know, back in you know TCU snuck in. You know, once. Uh, you know, you get. You get some Iowa State snuck in. You get some weird teams that can sneak in here. It doesn't seem to always be chalk, and it feels like this might be Kansas State's year. Obviously, a lot of hype on Deuce Vaughn, the running back uh, for the Heisman. A little short guy, probably about your height, Madison, maybe even a little shorter. He's Where are you, 5'4"? <laughs> a little bit less than that. I think yeah. Deuce Vaughn's 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, so so okay. wow. very short stature, but very quick. Hides behind his uh, line very well. Um, dynamic running back can do it all. Looks a lot like Darren Sproles in the way he moves about, like as a jitterbug. Um, and they've they're going to have a good defense uh, as well there in Manhattan, Kansas. So I do like this Kansas State team. Uh, and when you look at it, they really have a, a manageable schedule. I'll tell you this: in Week Four, they play at Oklahoma. That game might that game might decide who's the second team with Texas to get into the Big 12 title. Because if Kansas State can win that, that gives them that gives them a game up. They could afford to lose maybe at a Baylor or or at a TCU and still get in. So um, I was very close to doing it, but I think at the end of the day, I can just trust Dylan Gabriel to put up a little bit more points than 
um, what I can from Kansas because Adrian Martinez is going to be their quarterback coming over from Nebraska. So a little hesitation there, but I do think they have a very solid team and get to 10 wins. Okay. Well, that's your most likely to perform better than expectations. What about the team that you think is like, you know, we're coming in high on them and they're just going to absolutely lay an egg. You know, it's weird because I don't know if there's really any – this is a conference that doesn't have too many teams that people are all that high on outside of Texas and, and the surprise of Kansas State. You know, people are just meh on Oklahoma. They know, kind of know they'll be right there at the end of the day, but they're not a championship-level team, we don't think. And then you've got a lot of programs that are rebuilding. I personally am going to go with your champion, and that's Baylor. And it's not really? necessarily saying that Baylor is going to win only four games, but – I think when you look at it, this team is going to expect to win nine or 10 and they lost a lot last year and they're banking on this quarterback being the real deal. They'll be a solid team. I th- they'll definitely make a bowl game, but I could see them being six or seven wins and not getting to nine or 10 and, and looking around going, well, this was a very crummy season. It wasn't because they do have to, you know, they're just, they're not set up to, to do what Oklahoma does and just reload. They, they do need to kind of get more depth in there and whatnot. And, and they lost a lot of good players. They will have a solid team. They're very well coached with Dave Aranda. I think it's going to come down to that quarterback. Is that quarterback the real deal? I mean, they kicked Jerry Bohannon to the side who went to uh, South Florida, I believe, or maybe it was UCF. It was just announced today that he won the job. He was the starter for really the entire season last year. Um, So it's going to hinge on that quarterback. If he's the real deal, then you might be spot on. I'm going to bank that he's not, and they lost a lot. So I think uh, you'll see a slide down from Baylor. Um, But, you know, maybe next year is the year that they hop right back into that elite category. I toyed a little bit with this of a putting with no reason other than it just felt feels like, you know, some fresh blood. I thought to myself, uh, as you were speaking, maybe TCU surprises a little bit and performs a little bit better than expectations. Not going to get crazy and say anything special happens, but thought about that. You know, I, I first year head coaches can go one of two ways. Pierce, you can either have, uh, uh, you know, splash in the pan or you can have something that you're like this isn't going to work out we just have to wait our time so i think sunny dykes could be an interesting hire there in fort it's, worth it's but, weird uh, it's weird and i'll hit on this the skill position on yeah. the off the side of the ball looks very good right now um i think there's a lot of buzz coming out of camp whether it's going to be max duggan at quarterback or chandler morris it sounds like chandler morris has been lighting it on fire they also have a young kid from illinois who's been looking pretty solid not 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 there yet but something something to be excited about if you're a horn frog I'm worried about the lines of scrimmage. Uh, that's where I'm most worried about. I, I think that they've and they've been targeting some of those positions in the recruiting classes since Sonny Dykes, Dykes has come over. Um, and I also feel like last year I, I, they had what 19 returning starters, and and they were kind of the sexy sleeper team. Oh, I could see TCU winning nine or ten games and really competing, and they were awful. So I'm hesitant as a biased Horn Frog fan to get there, but I can see what you're talking about. Another team just to throw out there, and I'm not going to dive in. Another team that could surprise because of who they have at quarterback. Keep an eye on West Virginia. That could be an interesting one if JT Daniels comes in and can stay healthy. Don't be surprised if West Virginia outperforms their win total. All right, let's go a little bit further over to the East Coast. Actually, a lot further to the East Coast. Let's talk about the ACC. I definitely went chalk here, Pierce. I don't know about you. Something tells me we might be very similar in our thought process here. It's a conference that really heavy at the top, really heavy, and really, really poor at the bottom. Um, So not a ton you can do here to be inventive. It's not like the SEC or the Big 12 uh, or the Big Ten, I should say, where there's you know different combinations or whatever, or even the past two conferences we just talked about. I got Clemson. 
um, coming out of, I don't even know the, the different divisions here, Coastal Atlantic. They're in one side. That's all I know. Atlantic um, Coastal, yep. Yeah, but I don't know which one they're in. I'll be honest with you. They're the one that they play FSU every year. Um, that's all I know from a, being an FSU student. Um, Atlantic. Which is, is Atlantic? Yep. Okay. So I got them coming out of the Atlantic coast then. Um, listen, like I said, I don't have a lot of faith in any of these other ACC teams. Wake Forest was a flash in the pan last year. Sam Hartman is out, so that's not going to bode well for them with any kind of repeat. Um I don't think FSU is there. I want so badly to think that FSU is going to surprise people. I That's not going to happen. Um, so I got Clemson coming out of the Atlantic. This is Last year was not a down year. It was fine. Yes, they didn't make the playoffs. Big whoop. They probably will be in it again this year if I'm giving away my playoff picks. Um, out of the Coastal Division, I have Miami. I think that this is one of those coaching hires that is going to be um, a – very big, much a step up. I'll say that. Uh, Mario's already come in and he's got the bought the the buy-in, I should say, of the Miami Boosters. They're sick and tired of just middling. They want to get the swag back. And although they started to get the swag back with Manny, they weren't also putting their money where their mouth it was when it comes to wins. Mario looks like he's not about that. He is coming in. He's got uh, hell to pay. And again, ACC, who the heck else are you going to pick? It kind of this is another one of those Pierce that I wish was. <laughs> Uh, set up like the Big Twelve, and it was, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, best two. There because were no, I think, no sides. Yes, because yeah. I would pick NC State, and I do think NC State is sitting there with one loss, and it's to Clemson, and I think they miss out because of that. I have Clemson winning everything here in the ACC. I think that this punches their ticket back to the playoffs. They're going to go undefeated back year and everything like that. And this could also be proved to be wrong, but I think if you know they don't lose to Georgia to start the season, it's a very different look that we have on this Clemson team. And it just happened to be against the best team in the nation last year. So that's who I got in the ACC. What about you? Um, I'm right there with you. Same exact, uh, same exact matchup, same, same exact results. I think Clemson, when you look at their team, I'll keep it short and sweet. They pretty much return and bring back a similar defense to last year. That was the strong suit of their team. I I, I believe it'll be so again this year. Um, That starts up front at the D line position. Apparently, um, they've had some good work with the DBs and whatnot in the secondary, and that's coming together. So I think you're looking at a top five deep defense without question and really will be able to carry this team, even if DJ Uyunglele doesn't take a massive step forward this year. Um, but I think he does. I think the offense will be a little bit better. I think their offensive line, getting an extra year in there will be a good thing. Obviously, uh, you know, they're, they're running back. I'm going blank on his name. Uh, a lot of names to remember. Uh, he, obviously, you're two. Um, I expect him to take a big jump up. And obviously, I think DJ Uyunglele will take a step up this year. How much will be, you know, is yet to be seen. But I think having Cade Klubnik behind him, the incoming freshman five-star quarterback who, uh, you know, really performed well in the All-American game down there in San Antonio, I think having someone to push him will be a, a very important thing to his maturation. So I do like Clemson this year. I think Clemson, I think Clemson gets back to the playoffs. Um but, you know, I, I certainly still see them winning this side and, and winning this conference. And then, like you said, Miami on the other side. I hesitated in this one, but when you look at that coastal side, there's just I – mean, who are you going to go with, Pitt? No, I'm sorry. Pitt had their year last year. They lost a, a, a generational quarterback in Kenny Pickett, and they lost one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver, wide receiver in Jordan Addison. Yes, I do know they have pretty good offensive line. They have pretty good offensive line um, to for Keaton Slovis, who's coming in from USC. 
to play around with. But, you know, you look at this team, they had such a sensational year, and yet the, the coach just decided our offense isn't good enough and got rid of his offensive coordinator. I don't know why. He said because he's throwing the ball too much. He wants them to run it more. That screams disaster in my opinion. So um, I don't see Pitt winning. I've got Clemson and Miami with Clemson winning. Miami's just not there, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. They will get there. They have so many of those types of athletes and and players on the defensive side of the ball down there just in their city. Um, so, so they'll get there. This is just not the year when you look at it. The problem with last year's team was their defense only had one player on it that really wanted to tackle every play and put his hat in there. And that guy actually, ironically, ended up being a transfer from Georgia, Tyreek Stevenson. They've got to get more physical. They almost play with a lack of physicality like Pac-12 teams do, where they just they get punched in the face and they just they run away. Um, and that's what they did last year. You certainly saw it against Alabama. Uh, so I, I, I like uh, I, I like Miami to get there. I still think they're a year or two away. Um, but a big step up in Mario Cristobal's first season and will really get people on Miami's side. You'll see. I, I have a prediction that this time next year, the Miami fans, or maybe lack thereof, but Miami bandwagon people will be so annoying, it'll be insufferable. Um, so get prepared, be prepared for that because I think the hype train is coming um, down the road for the Hurricanes. Do you know what's interesting? Really, an aside really quick. I was listening to another podcast, um, Who Shall Not Be Named?, that I know you and I both listen to, and I wasn't a hundred percent paying attention because I was doing some work and everything. But um, I did hear them mention the fact that Miami might not be as big of a brand as as they think. You know, this is a podcast that really touts Miami's brand, and I have been saying this for years. To your point about the bandwagon fans, I do think you're going to see some bandwagoners come out for Miami if they do come back. But the funny thing is. It's probably not going to be in South Florida or any of Florida. Miami's much more of a national brand than we give it credit for. But when it comes to the state of Florida, they really don't have that many fans, um, which is why I think that it's the people who is the older generation who grew up with, uh, you know, the you when they were all swagged out. Um, So that was just a random aside. But I was thinking about that today. And, And as you were talking where it's like, it'll be interesting to see when they are back. If it shifts a little bit, but but in that state, it's Florida and Florida State, and Miami is an afterthought. They might as well be USF. I'm joking a little well, bit. Well, let me throw this out. But nationally, I do think you'll have a lot of older fans, just as if Nebraska made a comeback. I think you'd have a lot of older fans come out of the woodwork as well. But in the state of Florida, I mean, it's all down to Florida, Florida State. So to tie into to tie into what you just said, I, I was looking on, I, I came across this on Twitter, and um. You know, you got to take this with a little bit of grain of salt because it was from message boards. But there was this, you know, four or five pictures, screenshots taken. And it was a thread that Miami fans had started in regards to joining the SEC. And no one wants it. And literally their main reason came down to they want to join the Big 12 because the Big 12 will be better for their national branding. Because they don't want to be lumped in with just the Southeast they think that Big Ten, you know, you look at some of these teams like a Wisconsin or Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, they're, they don't feel like they're just in that region. They feel like they're more national, whereas the SEC is a little, yes, it's the b- biggest, baddest conference, but, you know, Mississippi State isn't a national brand. You know, Ole Miss yep. isn't a national brand. So it's yep. like you have a little bit more of that in the Big Ten. So to, so to tie that into your point, it seems like Miami fans uh, or the few that there are want, want Big Ten for the national brand image. Fantastic, fantastic point. And I, I agree with you. Both Florida and Florida State tend to be more regional. So they'd be better fit, mm-hmm. um, you know, when it comes to, to representing that state in the Southeastern Conference. It's a, it's a great 
fantastic point. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it, there's a reason why they can't really even get half a sellout. Now, I get they play in hard walk, rock, but there's a reason that people don't go to Miami games. All right, well, looking at the rest of the ACC peers, who is most likely to perform better than expectations? I will drive up to Nashville and give you a big hug if you think it's going to be FSU. You know, <laughs> I feel no like uh, maybe we've maybe we've asked it different. You know, I, I do. I actually do think FSU will have a better year than expected. Now, what that does that mean? They get to nine or ten wins? No, but I think they they compete against LSU in that first game, have a chance to win, and I think they do get seven or eight wins this season. And really, look, there will be signs that okay, maybe Norfolk's got this thing going in the right direction. I'm going to go with maybe my favorite like sleeper type pick. I feel like I pick this team almost every weekend in gambling. I'm going to go with the Boston College. Is it Eagles? Golden Eagles. Golden Eagles. I don't know why. I don't know why I Is wanted to golden? say the whole thing and just. Re- I think it's no. Golden. They're the Eagles. No, because I think the Golden Eagles are is Tulsa. It's, I don't sure know. It's not anyway. Mississippi. That could be it too. Golly, <laughs> I think it's just, the of, it's just the Eagles. It's just the Eagles, Boston College Eagles. But I yeah, do want to say hopefully. Golden. Here's the thing with Boston College: they this could go very much like it did the last two years, where Boston College, you know, and their quarterback Jerkovic gets gets injured. But if this kid can stay healthy, this kid can bring this can will this team to eight nine wins. I I, I like Boston College if he can stay healthy. Um, people sleep on them this year and people sleep on him. I, I was surprised to see a lot of the publications have them down at the bottom of the, the Atlantic division. I, I mean, he might be the best quarterback in the conference. I, I, I'm not kidding. I, I, I guess he's probably behind Tyler Van Dyke, but this kid, this kid just balls out. And so I think that they have a chance to really be there with, a, with two or three weeks to go in the season um, with a fighting chance to win that Atlantic coastal conference uh, division. But, they fall short, but that is my sleeper team. Um, and I'll go ahead and go on to the team that I think is going to have a crummier year than expected. And and this was a hard one because after some of those teams like an NC State or like a, like a, a, a you know Miami, there's just not not much there that I think is going to be a, a team that's supposed to be good and it's going to struggle. But I'm going to say Pitt takes a little bit of a step back this year. Um, I, I have noticed that some people think that they will compete with Miami and be there it, for that. I think they play the final game of the season. Um, and and that has determined who has gone to the AC championship, I think, uh, a few times in the in the last decade. I just think when you when you lose now, when they do bring back a good offensive line, that always helps. But I think when you lose a generational quarterback like Kenny Pickett, who's from your hometown um, and and really brings a lot to that program with not just his you know not just all the intangible uh, not just all the play on the field, but his leadership ability. I mean, he was a sixth year uh, co- uh, you know collegiate quarterback. That doesn't come around very often. Yes, they get Slovis in there, but did he do really anything that you know wowed you at USC? Yes, he's got the physical tools. But I think learning a new system, a system where they're going to want to run, they're not going to be as high scoring. They won a lot of games last year outscoring people. And I don't think that they're going to have that ability this year, not just schematically, but also losing Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison. And then you look defensively, are they going to be able to be a top 5, 10 defense to slow down other teams? I don't see it. I think they're a bowl team for sure, but I just don't see them getting to that 9, 10 win mark to compete for the uh, to, to get into the ACC championship. I think they take a step back. And it's more like 7, 8. Okay, well, there you go. Um, let's see. Reminder, we both have Clemson, I believe, coming out of the ACC. 
Correct. Okay. Well, let's talk about the Big Ten. I have a feeling we're going to be similar on this one as well, as well as the rest of the national uh, landscape media, people who like to think of themselves as media. I've got Ohio State and Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin, I really struggled with that side pierce of the conference. I don't have a lot to say about Ohio State. Yes, they have to get past Michigan, but Michigan, I don't. I think that that might have been a flash in the pan. Ohio State's out for blood. C.J. Stroud, he's I'm going to go ahead and give it up right now. He's my Heisman pick of the year. I think that they just are so freaking talented they've got a better schedule this year than they had last year um and and i i'm not mistaken i think they get michigan in the shoe so barring something crazy some crazy injury or something like that i've got ohio state winning it all in the big 10 as far as wisconsin goes i struggled pierce i really wanted to put purdue here but the problem is Purdue hasn't been able to be consistent throughout the season uh very regularly they might be good for a trip up one or two uh but they are not going to necessarily be able to do it week in and week out. Thought about Iowa for a hot second, but I, I, maybe it was just because I was like so unimpressed with the way that they performed last year in the conference championship, and it was more of my rooting perspective. I did go with Wisconsin. I'm not buying into the Graham Mertz train. I think I, I've been too high on him in the past. That being said, I think that they are able to handle business on their side of the conference. It'll be Wisconsin, Ohio State, in the Big Ten with Ohio State thumping the Badgers in the championship. What about you? I've, uh, I certainly, I certainly, for obvious reasons, have Ohio state, um, on that East side of things. Yes, they get obviously having Michigan at home is going to be huge. I don't think they have that slip up this year, um, in their conference, but even so, I think they have a chance as long as it's not to Michigan, they still will get in. Um, so, yeah, th- I'm not going to go into too much in depth on, on Ohio State on that side. That's pretty self-explanatory. You saw the results from last year. Um, they'll 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 have a, uh, an even better season this year. I- on the other side, it is a toss-up. You are right. I- I'm going to go with Iowa. Listen, the-, the reason I'm going away from Wisconsin, and you said Purdue, That's a- that would have been an interesting pick. I actually flirted with Minnesota as well. Um, I-, I do think Minnesota has a solid season. But at the end of the day, Iowa has been there, done that, um, and and really, you know, yes, they lost a couple standouts from last year's team, but they seem to just always have a, a solid, solid defense. I think, uh, you know, yes, their offense is a bit hampered, but when it's really more of going against Wisconsin than it is going for Iowa. Wisconsin only returns three starters, and and yes, I know there the Wisconsin defense is usually pretty good, even when they do have to um, reload with players, even though they might not be up to snuff with a lot of those teams that can reload um, with ease. They return three starters from a great defense. I think that takes a step back. And at the end of the day, you just, I just haven't seen enough out of Graham Mertz to believe that he can take this team to, to, to 10, 11 wins. Um, and, and I just think Iowa is a set is set up a little bit more for that. And then when you look at it too, Wisconsin draws Ohio state, they get Iowa and Michigan state um, all on the road, which is a pretty, pretty tough ask there i think those three could be losses for wisconsin i think uh iowa sneaks in there and uh you're right i think whoever it is it doesn't matter they get blown out by ohio state in the big 10 championship yeah i mean if there isn't a given i think that that might be the most given of all of the conferences personally um i think that the sec 
you know, you've got a couple of bohemians. I think the ACC is pretty close, but I do think, like I said, I think there's a chance NC State does something. Who knows about the Pac-12 and the Big 12? But I do think Ohio State just runs away with it this year, Pierce. Um, what about your pick for most likely to perform better than expectations in the Big Ten? There's uh, This is actually a great, great conference for you to ask this question uh, because there are a handful that I could choose from. Um, certainly you hit on it. I'm not going to take this cause I think you, uh, might want to elaborate on, elaborate more on it. And that's Purdue. Um, they are a sexy pick this year to, to sneak up on people and have a really good year in the big 10. I also was looking at Minnesota. Um, they had a solid season last year, so I'm not going to go that route. I also thought about going Maryland. I talked Maryland up heavy in our preview. I think Talia Tagovailoa is one of the better quarterbacks in that conference. The problem is they're on a side with Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State. So not necessarily thinking they're going to surprise, like, you know, stand out um, and, 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 and exceed expectations tremendously. So that leaves me with the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And I, I, I fought with this one as well because I do think that when you've lost seven games last season by like a combined margin of like 13 points, it's like, well, you just get a couple good bounces. And really, is that a surprise? You could argue, but I, I do think getting Casey Thompson in is going to be an important factor for this team. They're going to score points. Listen, he wasn't a schlub at, at Texas. Um, he, he was a pretty solid quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be a world beater, but um, you look at it, I, I think they they draw a couple uh, a couple teams that um, certainly they could win. I mean, heck, yes, I know they have Oklahoma uh, early in the season. That's a game that they could sneak up on Oklahoma. I see this team getting to a bowl for the first time under Frost. I think under Fro- first time under Frost. First time in a few years for sure. Um, and, and I think they could get to seven, eight, maybe even nine wins. I think you could see this team. Listen, this team played this team played physical last year. Very physical. Um, so I, I do like this team to, to, to really surprise people, even though I think most people would say this year they're going to take a step up and be six, seven, maybe seven wins. But this team has a chance to get to eight or nine um, after after taking a deep dive into their schedule. Gotcha. What about the team that you think is most likely to perform worse than expectations? Well, I already talked a lot about them. It's Wisconsin. Um, I, I, you don't I like mean, my pick. <laughs> You know, it's not that, and it's 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 Wisconsin is one of those where, and I fought with maybe putting them in there for a, for a second because is there a world where I can see Wisconsin getting into the the Big Ten championship game? Of course, you know that Iowa. You flip a coin between Iowa and Wisconsin, it seems like every year, and they just trade places. You know, one year it's them, the next year it's not. So, um, you, I could certainly see a world where they get in. I just. You know, and for someone that was so high on Graham Mertz, I just don't, I'm not seeing it. I don't see him taking that step up that's necessary. Listen, you know, uh, let me just, this isn't fair to compare them to Georgia, but, you know, you let's, let's, I think it's maybe the most, the closest comparison we can make. Okay. Wisconsin had a top three, top five defense. Georgia had a top three defense. Okay. Georgia lost seven or so players off their defense. Wisconsin lost eight. You think Wisconsin can reload? Maybe here's the big deal. Georgia has an offense that's going to be able to negate any struggles early in the season. And I don't think Wisconsin can do that. I don't think Wisconsin has the ability to go out and score 35 points a game. Um, and, and that's really what it comes down to. It's going to take, it's going to take this defense to gel and mold and, and become a, a, you know, a legit unit, I, I believe. And uh, I could see this team, you know, really laying some eggs early in the season. 
you know, maybe even a big upset loss. Uh, so I, I, I'm just, could I see them get in? Yes, but I'm going to have to take them because I think their floor is pretty low this year. Can I uh, name an honorable mention? They aren't technically in the Big Ten, though all signs are pointing towards that becoming a reality. I'm going Notre Dame for most likely to perform worse than expectations, Pierce. Um, I toyed with whether to put them on the national level of most likely to perform worse than expectations, but I'll throw it in here. They're in the AP top 10. They are every year, and every year they're just not relevant. I don't see that happening this year, uh, them them returning to relevancy or, or staying relevant, I should say. They always have a pretty brutal schedule considering the fact that they have to go schedule the best of the best. Um, First-time head coach with Marcus Freeman. Not only first-year head coach at Notre Dame, but first-time head coach at Notre Dame. Um, Unsure what that's going to look like. Don't think it was necessarily their top pick. I think they kind of got caught uh, with their hands in their pockets because of, uh, you know, Brian Kelly departing for LSU. Couldn't even name three players off their roster who I think would be a you know splash worthy player. And yet here we are sitting talking about Notre Dame being in the top 10. So that's who I have as my most likely to perform worse than expectations. And yes, they're an independent, I like that. but are they an independent? I like that. I know you threw me for a loop and you kind of cut out on my end. So I was like, did she really just lump Notre Dame in with the Big Ten? It, I know, no, point I know the it. Big Ten wants Notre Dame. Yes, and I think, but they I don't want know if Big Notre Dame 10. wants the Big Ten. No, I think I'm they not do, sure. well, based on the fact that I, I, I saw a report today, Pierce, because of the new media rights deal that the Big Ten has caught. I mean, it's it's B billions with a B. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the Notre Dame's looking at that, and you got ACC, who they're lumped in with right now. You're looking at ACC, and you're going, you guys got nothing, and are probably dead in the water if the TV rights deal goes away. Um, so I think they'd rather be with the Big Ten. I, I the report I saw said that they are starting to kind of inch towards that. They're going to be try. They're going to be have more Big Ten matchups, including a potential permanent against Michigan each year. So. For what it's worth, okay. that was they, a they certainly fit better there. They, they fit do. better in there, and and they do. and to add to that, I, I don't know if I heard you say this, but I think Notre Dame has one of the toughest schedules in the, in the entire country. They so always and, have and, a and I mean, look, they schedule. open at Ohio State. That's yep. not even a game yep. that's supposed. To, that's usually on their schedule. So yeah, I, I I like that pick a lot. I think you know I'm not saying they're going to be bad. I just think they've got a ridiculously tough schedule. New coach, um, and they're going to have a little bit of uh, you know they'll slip up once or twice at least. I think they could lose you know their big four games and and be eight and four, and that's not acceptable for Notre Dame. So I like that pick a lot. Well, let's talk about our last conference. For what it's worth, people who were paying attention at home, we both have Ohio State coming out of the Big Ten. SEC, I think it might be similar here, too. Um, I got Bama. I got UGA. Um, I'll start with UGA first. They ain't played nobody. The, the East is still kind of a mess. It's getting better. Yes, there's. I think there's going to be a couple of closer calls, Pierce, than we're used to seeing. That being said, Georgia pulls a very favorable schedule. The only game that really scares me from a standpoint is South Carolina in Week 3. One, you just never know what you're going to get from South Carolina, especially this year with, you know, transfer quarterback, still new coach Shane Beamer. Also, it typically is one where you got guys cramping, potential injuries coming from fall camp. Um, But other than that, I think they roll in the East, uh, though it might be a little closer than it's been in years past. On the flip side, on the West, Bama Revenge Tour, they are not the, they can't say it's a rebuilding year this year. Last year was a rebuilding year. So if they trip up this year, then you just have to say that, say what it is that you're losing your edge. Um, 
that being said, Bama is going to roll in the East. Their best bet to stop them is who? Texas A&M, Ole Miss. You know, LSU's not back yet. Uh, so I'm going Bama, Georgia. Easy, easy picks right there. I'm going to go Bama over Georgia in the SEC championship. Bama owns Mercedes-Benz. They just do. That is their house. That might as well just say Bama across the side. Um, Bryant-Denny East, if you will. Uh, you know, they got the best of Georgia in the SEC championship last year when nobody thought that they would. I have the last time that these teams played was the national championship. They're going to be basically in a revenge spot. They return a lot of players. So that being said, those players lost in the national championship. They're going to, like I said, be seeing blood. Bama revenge tour. They are going to finish the season undefeated, including a win over Georgia in the SEC championship. I'm going to go on a limb and say that you have a similar pick in the SEC as well, Pierce. Uh, actually, I have Tennessee getting over the hump uh, of Georgia. Really? I'm just kidding. I was going to say, damn. <laughs> no, I have the same thing. It's boring as hell, I know. But um, and, and could I see a world where Georgia slips up maybe twice to and, and uh, Tennessee sneaks in? I, 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 Yeah, it's I could. Anything's possible on this side this year. It's not. It's not the same as last year, I, I but I just can't I can't get, wrap my head around the possibility of that. Uh, I, I certainly think Georgia has a couple tough games. I mean, that game in, at Florida is always going to be tough. Tennessee comes to Athens. I certainly like the chances in Athens a lot more than if we had to go to Knoxville. The Mississippi State game is a little bit has uh, it causes some hesitation for me, just like I think the South Carolina game uh, does for you. I think catching South Carolina early certainly helps Georgia there. Um, but I do think Georgia comes out. I think they just have a little bit too much firepower on the offensive side of the ball. Even though the defense will take a step back, they won't be the you know best defense in the country this year. I don't believe they still should be a top five, top ten defense. So um, and are in a spot to just reload as opposed to rebuild. Uh, so I do think Georgia gets in, and then it's 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 really just easy to. I don't even have to talk about Alabama. They they bring back a lot of players. They brought in some notable transfers that look to really solidify some of the missing pieces that they had to address this offseason. And when you have a guy like Bryce Young, it's just uh, it's it's a pretty easy shoe in that they will get there just like Ohio State in the Big Ten. Very comparable with, uh, you know, one loss last year they had or, or you know, Ohio State, I guess, had two, but slipped up a, a once or twice, but have elite uh, players at almost every position and an elite quarterback. So um, and, and then, yeah, you're right. Bama gets uh, gets Georgia back. I don't know if that I don't think that necessarily means that Georgia doesn't make the playoffs, depending on how the season goes for them. Uh, however, I do think Alabama will be hyped up and ready to play that game. I am interested to see how said transfers do work out this season, because, you know, while good players, Eli Ricks coming over from LSU, he, he and Stingley got lit up the last two years. So is he as good as a lot of people expect or, or, or think he's going to be maybe because he's, you know, magically under the Saban spell. Now you can see it. Jameer Gibbs is a, I, I really like that running back, but he did come over from Georgia tech. So, I mean, how good could he really be? Um, and then you get Jermaine Burton, who obviously as Georgia fans, we hated to lose Jermaine Burton as at whiteout certainly would have rather kept him. He wasn't a world beater by any stretch of the imagination. So not, not like you're losing a, a, a you know, AJ Green or a George Pickens or somebody like that. Uh, so, you know, you got it. Those guys have to take steps up, but, you know, certainly they will be there uh, right in the thick of things. I think they go undefeated this year um, and uh, certainly are the number one seed going into the playoffs. All right. What about in the SEC? Both of my, I went national with the worse than, better than uh, expectations question. 
I went better than expectations. I went LSU. I do think you've got Brian Kelly, who's been sent his first rodeo. I did just say I don't think they're ready to to challenge Bama, and I do stand by that. I just think that we're looking at LSU going, maybe they're back. And who knows? Maybe they are. Maybe they are, they are not. But um, this isn't quite a Sam Pittman-type turnaround. You know, we don't really know what we're getting. We know what we're getting with Brian Kelly. Uh, he's already proven his salt when it comes to recruiting, uh, and I think that he's knows how to at least coach guys up. So I think that LSU is going to rally around him. Nothing against Coach O. That was just a detour down in Baton Rouge that they probably didn't want to take or, or wish they could take back at this point. Although he did get them a national championship, so maybe not. Uh, that being said, I think that Brian Kelly is uh, getting the uh, Bayou Bengals back up in ship shape. Uh, my team that I think is going to perform worse than expectations, Pierce, Texas A&M. Why are we so – and I already said this already. Why are we so hot on Texas A&M? They need to prove that they can get past eight and four, and then I'll be able to put this stamp on them that they should be in the top 10 of college football and that they're going to challenge Bama. Yes, they beat Bama last year. I totally understand that. They also got beat a few times and they shouldn't have. Um, The babies that they brought in, really good, best recruiting class of all time. They're babies. They're going to need a little bit of time to develop, and who the hell knows what they're doing at quarterback. So, also, I'm I'm salty about Jimbo. I'm really salty about Jimbo and the way he left FSU. So maybe it's also I don't want them to be back uh, or or relevant, <laughs> I should say, because I don't even know when the last time they won the national championship is. So there's no being back if you're Texas A&M. Uh, what about you? Who do you think is going to perform better than and who's worse than in the SEC? I think better. I, and I thought you were going to take this one and, and steal my thunder uh, based off uh, your your breakdown of Georgia getting in on that side. I got to go with the South Carolina Gamecocks. Better than I think people. Okay. Yeah, I better was close than on and USC I, there. I was definitely close on South Carolina. Yeah, I I, I mean, listen, I think people are forgetting all people are remembering about Spencer Rattler is that he was a, the favorite to win the Heisman going into last year and he lost his job. What people are failing to realize is he lost his job to maybe a top four quarterback in this country, and he only had one and a half bad ga- bad uh, uh, or one and a half games of bad play in a year and a half. He otherwise he was a really really good quarterback for Oklahoma. Just had those struggles, and unfortunately had an elite quarterback behind him that took the ball and ran with it. So um, I, I think Spencer Rattler has a chance to take this team from a fringe six win team to possibly an eight or nine win team this season. I can certainly see a world where they surprise and knock off one or maybe two of the likes of Kentucky, Florida, Georgia, and or Tennessee. Could you not? I certainly could. I, I think especially if, fun. you know, especially if a Florida or, you know, I, I could see a world where Florida has a, has a rough patch and leading up to the South Carolina game and boom, South Carolina beats them. So, you know, because I think that you're going to see those four outside of Georgia. I think Tennessee, um, Kentucky, Florida and South Carolina are all going to be jockeying for who's second behind Georgia in that race. And I can certainly see a world where South Carolina comes on top with that. Um, they seem to be getting some buzz and some some like, as if Shane Beamer is building a good culture there. Um, and, and, and they're going to be a program to keep an eye on to see if they can if Shane Beamer can take that next step. I certainly think there's a chance this year with Spencer Rattler. So they are my uh, better than expected team. And uh, kind of similar to your team, I wrestled with Texas A&M, but I think even though people might be high on them because they, you know, right behind Alabama standings wise uh, over the last couple of years, I think people still know that they're, you know, a couple of years, a year or so away. They need a quarterback for sure in order to get over that Bama hump. 
I'm going to go with Arkansas. A lot of people have them slated to be in that second or third spot on the west side of things. And and I certainly like KJ Jefferson. Thought he was a very capable and good player last year. Really exceeded ex- expectations in my eyes. How much of that was because of Traylon Burks? There were some games where it seemed like it, it, it didn't even have to be deep go routes. It, it you know there was that Alabama game. They lost that game, but Traylon Burks injured, injured. He could hardly. He was limping all over the field. Was taking slant routes to the house, slant routes, and he'd take them. So. I think that, and 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 yes, the big argument with Arkansas fans is they did get um, Jaden Hazelwood, who was a five-star receiver out of Georgia, who went to Oklahoma. They did get him to transfer into Arkansas, but my 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 rebuttal to those Arkansas fans is he wasn't even all that great or a standout receiver on Oklahoma, a team that oh by the way throws it sixty times a game. So I think this Arkansas team, and and oh by the way, this Arkansas team has an unbelievably ridiculous schedule, um, I, and 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 really. What stands out to me is they go to Provo, Utah. I've hit on this a, a number of times this offseason, and it's sandwiched in between some big games that they've got. I could see them, you know, going out to Provo, laying an egg, and then just getting drummed by the likes of Alabama. They do play AM well uh, historically, but, um, you know, I could see this team losing five or six games this season. I think people might be a little bit overhyped on them, uh, especially, especially losing Traylon Burks. Um, that, that does hinder, I think KJ Jefferson's ability to throw, um, for, for, for a lot of yards this season, they're going to be solid. They'll make a bowl game, but I could see them losing four five, six, six games. Like I said, I don't think this is a nine or 10 win team, uh, this year with some of the pieces they lost. All right, let's talk about real quickly some uh, predictions when it comes to coaches. I don't have a ton to say about this, Pierce, uh, just mainly because at this point my brain is fried at 7.30 here, and I'm all I can think about is getting to the couch to watch the new Manti Teo uh, documentary. But uh, best first-year head coach. Now, this is cheating a little bit because there's a lot of coaches out there that are on the carousel that are not first-time head coaches. It's Lincoln Riley in Los Angeles. The guy has proven his salt already, worth his salt already. Um, I don't necessarily think that this is the year that USC takes a huge step up, but we're going to look back and we're going to go, yeah, there's a reason why they they backed the uh, the, the payday into his yard and, and, and wooed him away along with his, uh, I think his dog's names are Boomer and Sooner. So, you know, if you're going to be that diehard you're and you're going to switch over to USC, for the money, you got it. You're gonna have a lot of pressure. I do think he's worth it, or up to it, I should say. Uh, my worst first year head coach, it's Billy Napier. Um, I think that he is in over his head. I think that he's not wanting to play ball with uh, the 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 good old boys in Gainesville, and that'll work if you are gonna be able to uh, back it up with national championships. I don't think that they're able to do that, and I think that we're looking at a messy, messy situation in Gainesville when he can't make it work. And I think that it's, I think that the East is starting to take a step up. He has got probably the most amount of expectations and pressures behind him. And then last but not least, you already said who your first coach to get fired in the 2022 season is. I'm staying the SEC. I'm going Brian Harson. If he does not perform incredible this year, I think that they're going to oust him in the middle of October. I think that now I, I will say this, obviously, you know, you've got the iron bowl to look forward to and everything like that. But at the end of the day, this is going to sound terrible. Auburn does not fire coaches based on what's happening in the iron bowl. If they did, they'd have never gotten rid of Gus Malzahn. They fire coaches based on what Auburn does versus Georgia. 
Not a very look. It's a, in the national scheme of things, it's a very overlooked rivalry, but you're right there on the Alabama, Georgia state line. It's not only what happens on the field. It's also the way that Georgia has been able to go in and pluck whoever they want out of West Georgia. I think that Brian is already on the hot seat. If he's not able to, uh, you know, really have the tigers take a step up in addition to the fact that he's losing recruiting battles and they already made it very clear, the boosters and the good old boys, of Auburn already made it really clear they don't want him there. He's going to have to really, really perform better than expectations, in my opinion, to stay the head coach. Whether or not he gets fired in the middle of the season, that the jury remains out. But I think he could be looking at a, a new interim coach come Iron Bowl time at Thanksgiving. All right, take us through those three for the coaches. Top new head coach, I think, is relatively easy for me, and and that has to be Mario Cristobal at Miami. And I'm taking more Fair. of a macro view of this um, because, you know, is he going to realize all his dreams in this first season? No, but it's more so than just what he does on the football field this season. It's you you look at the boosters are now rejuvenated down there in, at, in Coral Gables. They're getting better recruits than they've gotten in the last five, six, seven years. They're really starting to do a good job at fighting off the likes of Alabama and Clemson and Georgia for some of these players in their in their uh, uh, city and down there in South Florida. That over the last you know really from twenty ten to twenty twenty, Alabama and Clemson were plucking everybody from down there. Um, so they're keeping some of those homegrown talents at home. They're they're getting really really in front of this NIL deal um, and 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 providing players with money, um, you know, a la Texas A and M and Louisville and some of these teams. They seem to be at the forefront of that. I certainly think uh, I think if there's one thing you've seen with this Miami team is you just got to keep the talent home and and everything will take care of itself. And Mario Cristobal seems to be on the right path there. Obviously, the connection having gone to the U. Um, but also I do think they take that step this year with Tyler Van Dyke at quarterback. They need to sh- shore up that defense and get some physicality on that side of the ball. But I think this team does make the AC championship. I think making that is an extraordinary feat for Mario Cristobal in his first year. And that just is going to be icing on the cake with what he's already done on the recruiting trail and with the donors uh, uh, in, in that uh, program. So um, I'm going to go Mario Cristobal as for the worst new coach. And I got to admit, this is probably a little unfair because I do think he's going to be a solid coach for the fighting Irish, but it's more so what he's stacked up against this year. He did lose a good bit of talent um, last season. I mean, losing an all world safety in Kyle Hamilton, along with other, uh, uh, you know, stellar players that they had off a very good team last year. They're bringing, they, they do keep some consistency with the, the offensive coordinator um, staying there. Tommy Reese, that, that will be huge, but they're going to go with a new quarterback this year. The quarterback did play some last year, so not necessarily new to them, new to the world as far as in the full-time starting role. But man, I just don't see this working out well. I think they're overrated when it comes to getting in the top 10. I do not think this is a top 10 team, and they have one of the toughest schedules in the country. I think you could see four losses with this team, and simply because of where the AP poll put them, which is just ridiculous, you're going to see this team maybe not even in the top 25 at the end of the season. Um, I I think Freeman, like I said, will be a good coach in the long run. I just think he's got a ridiculous uphill battle this season, so things just don't look great for him in year one, but he's got the talent, and it's a rebuilding year. They'll be back. Oh, yeah, I I was just, I, you just let me hang, and I was like, "Are you going?" I looked going? at you staring at me, and I'm like, "What the heck is what?" what I finished. I had a great, just great speech yeah, on those two really coaches. What, what did she want? That. 
Oh, we already uh, said it. Yeah, the first coach fired in the 2022 season. It's Herm Edwards. Now, if, if I had to go with number two and you took it from me, I knew that's who you'd be taking. It would be, uh, it would be Brian Harson. And really, here's the thing. I think that Herm Edwards and Arizona State have a lower, lower floor. I think Auburn will still have some talent there. Yes, TJ Finley being the starting quarterback is not does not bode well for his chances, but I think they have enough talent there to, you know, not get beat by the likes of, uh, you know, the lesser teams in the conference. I think that they will, you know, but all that being said, Auburn could start three and one and Arizona state could start one and three. And I still wouldn't put it past Auburn to fire Harson before Herm Edwards. So, cause they're just a funky bunch down there on the plains. Uh, but I am going to go Herm Edwards. I just see this Arizona State team being a dumpster fire. So he's the first one gone, and it's a shame because it seemed like he, uh, you know, his tenure there was going to be so promising uh, in year one. And oh, how things can change! Oh, how things can change! He is about ninety-five years old, so you knew that was going to come sooner rather than later. All right, well, it's time for the part that everybody's been waiting for with bated breath. I have a feeling that they're going to hear a repeat between the two of us. Playoff teams, I have. Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia rounding off the playoffs. So, you know, very much like we're used to seeing. <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of what I predict. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe a Texas, if they win their conference, sneaks in. Um, you know, if, if Miami upsets Clemson, then certainly you're seeing something different. But I do think that you're not going to see anybody from the Pac-12 necessarily get in. I think it's too cannibalized. I don't necessarily think you're going to see, I definitely actually don't think you're going to see a big 12 candidate unless it is Texas. I think that you're looking at an undefeated BAM and undefeated Georgia going against each other. And I think the uh, committee gives the nod to the loser of that as a one loss team, as opposed to a two loss conference champion. Uh, What about you Pierce? Who do you have coming out of the playoffs? And uh, then we'll hit you with championship predictions. Yeah, I've got the same thing. And I got to admit, I, I switched up my Big 12 winner, um, you know, right before you asked that question from Oklahoma to Texas. I originally had Oklahoma sneaking in here, but because I switched that, I couldn't, I, I had to change it up. You know, it's it's going to depend on how Georgia, if Georgia can go undefeated, if they do, if that one loss is in the SEC championship game, I think that they... I think there is no doubt that they get in. If they have two losses after that Bama game and a Texas or an OU does have two losses and wins, I could see a world where they decide, okay, well, let's let's give some new blood here. And and since they're both the conference champion they're and they both have two losses, let's put them in. But I think uh, I think Georgia is clearly the better team between those two. Um, and I think the conference will award them. Uh, appropriately. All right. And in the national championship, I have Bama over Ohio State. I think they're the two best teams in the nation. I think that they prove it. I just think that Bama has an overall package better than Ohio State. And I do think that they are out for blood. And I do think, Pierce, I think I'm ready to put a stamp on it. I think that you could potentially see Nick Saban retire after this season. If they go out and they're, you know, if they do, if they perform up to expectations, they're maybe the best team of all time. I think Nick Saban retires. That's my official prediction. Interesting. And that's bold. I like it. I, I, I actually saw something today on Twitter and it was a quote from Nick Saban and it said, uh, he fears retirement because he doesn't know what he would do with his life. So uh, he's going to go. I think he's going to be, I think, I think he's doing it until the day he dies. Um, but that's an interesting, I could certainly see it. 
I will argue this, and it's the reason why I am actually going with Ohio State to win it all. Over Bama? Yes, okay. over Bama. And the reason being, Bama's defense has some star power, but they're not a complete unit. They're not going to be like Georgia was defensively last year. And I think this Ohio State team in a shootout can beat this Alabama team. Th- this Alabama team really needs to hope that Jermaine Burton turns into uh, uh, Jamison Williams or an elite receiver overnight because they don't. it doesn't appear that they have that elite receiver this year. Um, if Jermaine Burton's going to be it, I, I'm not seeing them being world beaters through the air as much as they have been in years past. They'll certainly be elite, but not as good. They need Jameer Gibbs to really be a force because they've, they haven't had that absolute freak back that they've had, you know, for so, so, so long. I mean, Derek Henry, Mark Ingram, TJ Yeldon, uh, Eddie Lacy, you name it, just these bell cows that they can just hand to over Trent Richardson over and over again. They haven't had that last couple of years. They need that. If they can get that, this team's, this offense could even go to another level than they were at last year. I just don't know. I mean, you look at it. Yes, they had, they, they, they're certainly capable of it. I'm not as high on Henry Toto as a lot of people. Obviously, Will Anderson is spectacular. Probably the best player in the entire country on either side of the ball. I'll go ahead and throw that out there. Um, and, and and yes, they do bring back battle at safety, Kool-Aid McKinstry. But I think they can be had in a couple games this season. Um, and, and they'll rely on their offense to outscore. Ohio State's not one of those teams that you can rely on to outscore. Um, so I'm going to go in a hard-fought high scoring game. I think Ohio state wins it all this year. And since I've talked about those two teams, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I may be busting your groove for the first time in 30 something years. Will Anderson is your Heisman trophy winner from the Alabama Crimson Tide. Okay. Now he does obviously have some odds, but that would be a very big departure from what the committee has done uh, or the voters, I should say have done as of late and would come to pass what they, what they, what everybody was hoping for last year. I have CJ so Stroud my, for what I like it's that. worth. I like that. I like that. And certainly when you have these quarterbacks, you can you know, you could certainly throw out a receiver. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba for Ohio State could certainly be right there. He could be just like uh Devontae uh and, and and win the Heisman kind of, you know, with a couple big games at the end of the season. I just think that when I have a weird feeling that the committee's gonna look at Stroud and, and Young and they're gonna be so similar and they're gonna go well, dang, Will Anderson had a better year than last year. He got snubbed last year to not even be in New York. Remember, the Heisman Trophy used to be more of a career thing. I think they, I think he wins out because of, of replicating such an outstanding year last year when we've seen quarterbacks do this over and over. So going out on a limb, it's probably not going to happen, but um, I, I like Will Anderson this year. It can't be any worse than my DJ pick last year, so I'm riding with it. Yeah, as I say, if anything has taught anybody or if anybody, whatever, don't pick what we pick. Pick something else because you're probably going to make think money my, that way. I, I even think my second pick for the Heisman last year was Spencer Rattler. So, I mean, it was a one-two punch of just horrendousness. Yeah, it wasn't great. I had a very Oklahoma-heavy prediction episode as well. All right, that's going to do it here for our big old episode of predictions for the 2022 season. It's almost time to talk X's and O's. We have real honest-to-God football coming up, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. Hit the links in the show notes, like I said, at the top so you don't miss any of our goodies as well. We will talk to you guys next week. For Bragging Rights, I'm Madison. And I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all.